This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to the Cedric Maxwell podcast on CLNS Media. Today's episode is powered by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag, use the promo code CLNS50 for a welcome bonus. It's the offseason, and Max and Joe Sway are in parts unknown, but we leave you here today with some of the classic Max moments dating back to 1977 or 78 with the Celtics. So I'm going to send it on over to Max and Joe Sway now, and I'll catch you at the midway point with a free bonus offer from Max himself. But the funniest thing about it was the Atlanta Hawk team was so dumb, they started screaming out, they're in the zone, they're in the zone. <laughs> they didn't even realize we had six men on the floor. Danny sheepishly ran back to the bench and finally the guy, they called the technical, but that was pretty funny. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Ah. Conversation continues here on the Cedric Maxwell podcast. Joseph Pavone here, of course, with Cedric Maxwell, CLNS Media. Most embarrassing moment. That's what we're doing on this one, on this episode, Max, and I, I can't wait to get started. Ooh. You don't even know where to begin, huh? I, I got some absolute killers. I think that, you know, one of my best ones thinking about over the time was um, I was probably in Charlotte. This is my rookie year. And um, I was actually my third year in the league. And I just bought a brand new BMW. And I'm just flying around the city of Charlotte. And I come to a crowd of people, you know, people just driving slow on this main street. And man, I just gas it. I am whipping in and out of traffic, in and out of traffic, until I get to the hearse. <laughs> I said, damn, it was a funeral. <laughs> and I made the immediate turn right off, boom, and hid there until that funeral went by. I was so embarrassed because people were looking at me like. Weaving through traffic too. Yeah. And going past it, it. I didn't even, it didn't even dawn on me until I actually got to the hearse. And I was like, oh my gosh, it, it was crazy. Now, you must have went past like 15 cars at least. I did. Get all the way to the front. It did, but I didn't. You couldn't see the hearse before? Like a no, half a mile down I'm the road? Looking at, I'm just looking at the cars and I'm weaving in and out. Did I get to the front and like, oh, that's why they're driving so slow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Then I, then the other one, another one was actually pretend uh, two basketball ones. Uh, actually three, but the one with Danny Ainge 
And I thought it was absolutely hysterical. Danny it was Danny was in the game. And Danny will Danny will tell you the story. He laughs even today. Um he was in the game and we made the substitution. So it was Gerald Henderson came in and he was supposed to get Danny. Well, he didn't tell Danny. So Danny runs back out on the floor. So Danny runs to guard one guy, then goes to guard another guy, and then everybody's being guarded. And he finally realized that Gerald hadn't told him. And then he tries to run off the court. It was so funny. But the funniest thing about it was the Atlanta Hawk team was so dumb, they started screaming out, they're in a zone. They're in a zone. <laughs> Danny realized we had six men on the floor. Danny sheepishly ran back to the bench and finally the guy they called the technical. But that was pretty funny. Um, He's going to man to man. Oh man, Danny did not who because everybody was being guarded. So he finally the, the bell went off and Danny realized that you know, damn, girl, <laughs> the six of us. Yeah, out yeah, the six of us out here. But the Hawks didn't realize it. Um, what did coach say? Oh, coach, we just oh, it wasn't the coach. It was just the players. Yeah, players just oh, we you, we then oh, the next day we were all just in tears. We <laughs> we just like man, say so we said so they couldn't beat us for five. We gonna put six on the floor. So it, it was pretty funny. Another one was uh, I think really embarrassing. That's when you wanted to crawl in a hole. It was Julius Serban's wife, uh, Turquoise. Uh, we had played the 76ers in 1981. It was the year I was the finals MVP, and we beat the 76ers in May. And then a little bit later on, we played the Houston Rockets. Well, I saw his wife, and she was she was pregnant. And it was I saw her maybe a little bit, a few weeks after the season ended, and we were at a. Um, uh, a convention actually it was a little uh, all-star thing with Dewar's liqueur uh, or liquor, and um, so I saw Julius's wife, and I looked at her and I said, "Hey, when are you gonna have the baby?" And I, oh yeah, oh yeah, I already know where this is going. Oh yeah, the woman said, "I already had it." <laughs> There is no place to go. And there's that pause too. There, 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 there is there is no there is no place to go. So now today, if I see a woman, she looks to be pregnant. The only reason I'm gonna comment, I see the baby's feet kicking or moving, <laughs> some on the stomach. It, it's, that's the only nothing way. Tell you. Oh, nothing, that, nothing. I will never ever make mention of anybody's wife again in that circle. So it was crazy. Now this what last one. Oh no, matter of fact, what did you say? Like there was that? nothing to say. You just went quiet and walked Dude, away. There's nothing to say. There was nothing to say. It was just like I. It was one. I almost forgot. I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we were at a party, me and my buddy, and this girl who really had a great shape in front of us. And he was commenting on her, you know, shape. And she, she wasn't the nicest looking woman in the world. So he was commenting on it. The music was real loud. And then I made a comment. I said, boy, but she's about to ugly somebody. And as soon as I said ugly, the music went, and all <laughs> Everyone turned around. Everyone looked so. Two of them turned around. It was a man and woman. They turned around. They looked in my face. I was like, oh, man. Oh. You can't get no smaller. It was just like, 
You couldn't get any smaller. There's nothing to do. I mean, these are embarrassing moments. I, I mean, my, I remember my child, though, too. He had one that was good. And, and Madison, Madison was about three. And my daughter Morgan was probably about five. So we were going into Krispy Kreme Donuts in, in Charlotte again. And uh, Madison's walking in. And I'm looking as a, as a parent. These are parent moments that everybody will appreciate. I see a guy who has a skin condition. So I'm looking at him and I see my child and his eyes get big. He had the guy had these big bumps on his face and bad skin condition. So I say, I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm trying to get the mouse and trying to get the mouse. Mouse looks over in the guy's face. He taps my daughter on the shoulder and finally just points in the guy's face. Morgan, look at that man's face right there. Oh, my God. Every parent's nightmare. You're just sitting there going, sir, I'm sorry. That's all you can say. You go, sir, I'm I'm sorry. There was nothing else. Every parent has had that moment with their child where they just go, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. Or 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 that that happened. Something you said to the person that you don't want to hear. Yes, 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 absolutely. But, Dad, you said you hate this man. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, those those are moments. Now, this last one I'll tell you, and we'll go, you know, this this will be for, you know, Blue Chew. This is all about Blue Chew. Getting, getting the second <laughs> oh, moment. We got, yeah, we got. This is good. This is a good one. Let's get to it. I was, um, I want to say Rick Pitino's first year here. Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce were here. And um, we were in Indianapolis, Indiana. And um, I saw the guys that were going out that night. But they had a curfew. So my age difference with Paul and those guys at that time you know, maybe about fifteen years. So oh, I didn't so, really feel okay. So Max, yeah. you, so you do you, no, you used to party with the, was, with, the, no, with, the, with the players in their twenties, no, huh? No, no, no. I, I'd go you didn't out. You kick it with juvenile I, and, the, I, and the cash no, money millionaires, but no, you, I would go you out. Paul and no, I'd go out, but they were going to like a strip club, a strip club. Okay. And I was like, okay. It said, Max, you gonna come out tonight? I'm like, yeah, why not, man? What's the curfew? And the cur- their curfew was like twelve thirty or something. I'm not sure. It's first. NBA curfew I'd ever heard of, but Rick, oh, Rick, Rick Patino, Patino, yeah, Rick Patino had it. Yeah. So I get there about maybe twelve fifteen. So they see me. Oh, Max, why are you getting so late? We had a good time. Da, da, da. You know. So I said, well, okay. And I'm gonna. So I said I'm gonna stay for a bit. So they left and got to be about one. I might have stayed maybe forty minutes, forty five minutes. And so I called a cab. Cab comes up. It's kind of rainy that day anyway. I get in the cab, slide in, you know, and I'm talking to the driver and told him to take me back to the uh, Hyatt Regency. That's where we were staying at the time and in Indianapolis. So as we're going, yeah, we just didn't feel right. Something was different off. So I get out the cab, pay the guy. I, I thought about going out to a club when they take me to a club, but I said, nah, I want to go back to the room. So I get in the cab. I get out the cab. I go into the hotel, and it was me and this uh, this Mexican guy. We get on the elevator. He mashes four. I mash five. The doors close, and all of a sudden, it was the worst smell you ever wanted to see. It's like, what the hell was that? What 
what is that? And I'm looking at this guy like, man, this Mexican guy, you know, oh, he got an awful smell. Whatever's going on, I don't know what it is. So he gets off on four. The door closes back. The smell comes back in. Then on five, I get off. I was like, oh, man, what in the world was that? So for whatever reason, I felt pasty and like, you know, like you feel like someone you should. Mm -hmm. Well, something was on my jacket. I looked back. I felt back on my jacket, put my hand there, went down the side of my jacket, and it was poop. (laughs) What? Somebody had taken a dump in the cab. And I had sat in You celebrated. I'm running down the hall. Just like, oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. And I always tell the story to make it real funny. I'm like, when I first looked at the poop, you always kind of got to go to your face going, hey, I didn't have corn, did I? <laughs> but I get to the room. I'm, it has soaked through my to my person. Oh, man. I am scrubbing. I, you know, finally put my suit in a bag. And, and I'm just freaking out. Finally, I realized what had happened. It, somebody had done it in the cab. And now, thank God I didn't go out to that club, you know. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine what would have happened. But you I know I, you gave it like two or three good no, whiffs. Too, yeah, like yeah, sniff it, make yeah, sure it was, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know what the hell it was. Just to confirm. Yeah, <laughs> confirm what it was, yes. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. So after, after that happened, oh, I, the next day I ended up coming. I told, told the players and I told the people I was working with, TV and the radio people, and they all were... Dying laughing, I got back here to Boston. This episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast is brought to you by good friends over at Blue Chew. Right now, when you head over to bluechew.com and enter the promo code Maxwell, you'll get your first shipment absolutely free when you use the promo code Maxwell. All you have to pay for is $5 for the shipping. And trust me, you don't want to miss out on this opportunity, fellas. Yeah, you don't. I mean, we're not talking about chewing gum. We're talking about adult chewing gum. And uh, if you want a little extra pep in your step, then uh, I suggest that you follow through. You know, I uh, I tried it and, uh, whoo, man, there was some happy, (laughs) there was some two happy people in the room. That's right, Blue True brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that these things work, all right? And now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform, okay? It's for any guy who wants that little extra function to enhance your performance in the bedroom. And right now, when you head over to BlueChew.com and enter the promo code MAXWELL, you'll get your first shipment absolutely free. All you have to pay for is the $5 for shipping. Again, that is bluechew.com. Blue, just like the color, bluechew.com. Enter the promo code Maxwell. Just for listening to this podcast, your first shipment is absolutely free. Only $5 are asking for for shipping. So and ladies, and ladies, you can go get it for your men too. That's right. You know, you're not you just can't use it yourself, but you give it to your man, maybe that's what you want to enhance his performance. And Max, you try it yourself. Trust me, you don't want to miss out on this opportunity, fellas. And for the ladies out there. Again, that's bluechew.com. Enter the promo code Maxwell, bluechew.com. 
Enter the promo code Maxwell. Only $5 for shipping. First shipment is absolutely free. So I called the cab company and um, I had the receipts. And then it was like I was talking to the guy and I was telling him, I said, dude, this isn't, isn't a joke. But I just want to let you know that I was in your cab the other night and I sat in some shit. And he's like, come on, man. Is this a joke or something? I said, no, seriously. If you were Cedric Maxwell, he, would, he probably would have hung up on you. Seriously. And I said, I said, you know, check your record. So he called me back. He said, man, there's no record of that. I said, dude, here's the time I went to the strip joint. And this, I know you guys have records. So he calls me back later and he says, sir, I'm really sorry, but you you did. You said some shit. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And then he was like, well, <laughs> sir, what do you want us to do? We, we can clean the pants for you. Clean the pants? Really? You think I'm actually going to wear that suit again? <laughs> and that was, that was the end of that story. And I don't know why I didn't sue the Indiana Cab Company. I, I have oh, come no on, man. idea. That's not their fault. <laughs> oh, my God. Actually, you know what? It kind of is their fault. Because well, he, it was. How, how did he not smell that? Well, that, that was the thing. I, when I got in the cab... Here's the weird thing. I got in the cab. Anytime you get in the cab, and I slid across to the other side. I was you like, wiped that whole thing off. Yeah, I didn't, you know. This dude got some wax on, wax off, or whatever got on the seats. So I didn't think about like, it. Man, you know, and is, then you get up. Just on point. Yeah, you know, you get in the cab. You think, well, maybe the guy had gas or something before I got in here. You know, something. Yeah, it was because it smelled, but it wasn't. You know, it was. And it's it was, just you, right? And it was yeah. just me. That's why you need that one other person to yeah, keep yeah, on that you smell. The same absolutely. Thing. Well, yeah. like I said, then we. Like I said, so so that was that particular story, and that's how it ended. It was uh, there was no resolution, nothing about it. And, uh, so even to this day, I still hold the Indiana Cab Company, you know, for liable. I know it's you know statute of limitations already passed, but that was <laughs> you'll never was, forget so, that. No, never forget. It. <laughs> Did you ever use that company? Never, never used the company. <laughs> never wore the jacket again. For and for a minute, I kept the. I remember keeping the jacket. And I called somebody and was telling them about, you know, what I wanted to do, some kind of lawsuit or something. And, and the guy was like, ah, sir, I'm not sure if that's going to work. And that, but thinking back now, it, it would have probably been worth my while to go. <laughs> now, then I had. So that that's the story. If you have one that can absolutely top that one, then, you know, you contact us, you know, at... Uh, on our iPod, and uh, you know, I'll be glad to give you a couple of tickets. We're, we're gonna give, we're gonna give tickets to the to the like winner. That. So, I mean, anybody it. who has a story that is better than that one, you know, because arguably, I'm not sure how you make anything better than that one. Let's but, do it. You know what? So, and yeah. if it is better than that one, we're gonna we're gonna give you some airtime. How about that? Get your airtime. We'll get you on here. Yeah. You can tell the story to everyone. Absolutely. We'll keep it anonymous, depending on how embarrassed you are. Well, I'll give you a pair of Celtics tickets for next look, season. I told the story of my name's in it, so they can't tell the story about their name <laughs> yeah, in that's it. That's a good point. Oh, really? So, yeah, if you are able to somehow find it, it's a courage in your heart to tell a story that might be worse than that, please be my guest, and you'll be a, a, a guest at the uh, Celtic game next year. And you know what? You could even It could even match that. How about that? Yeah. If it's just as bad as that. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah. I can't. I can't think of anything remotely close to that. Man. Well, we know we got to do something for our sponsor, though, right? That's right. We do. Yeah, we do. Hey, everybody. It's Nick Gelso again. And today's episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast 
is powered by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online source for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Futures are my favorite from BOL. They never lack, they're never boring. You got to check them out, betonline.ag. And BOL is Cedric Maxwell's preferred betting outlet. Head on over to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use Max's promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag where the game starts. Now back to Cedric and Joe Sway. Matter of fact, I got a story which is very similar to that, which was funny. And it wasn't exactly about about, um, uh, Blue Chew, but, you know, the same properties. Uh, I was talking to my father a couple of years ago, about two years ago. He's 90, he was 92 at the time. And he was talking about uh, going to um, the doctor. Now he had a uh, a doctor give him, you know, clean bill of health. He's doing really well uh, at his age. And he says, said, I I was sitting there and I was talking to the doctor. And and I asked her, I said, uh, it was a female doctor. And uh, I said, "Uh, miss, uh, what do you think uh, about using uh, Viagra? I'm like, oh my God! No, my dad did not tell me about him using Viagra on my eighty-something-year-old mom. No, he didn't. <laughs> oh my God! It was like so. So even at that point, I went and said, and then he was telling me he went on with the story. That's when you go TMI, man. And then he kept going. He said, yeah, and I, I took one, and I asked your mom. I'm like, hey, Bess, when's this stuff supposed to start working? Oh my God! Really? Really? So maybe he should have got Blue Chew. Blue Chew would have gave him that second opportunity that you and I talk about. It's funny. Ray Romano has his bit in his newest stand-up where he talked about uh, something similar to that effect about his parents. And he said, the only thing worse than hearing about your parents having sex is hearing that your parents are having good sex. Oh That's the God. last thing you want to oh hear. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I guess I need to tell that other story, though. It won't top that one. But embarrassing moments happen to be with one of our former presidents. Uh, Bill Clinton, he was at a game in Milwaukee last year, a playoff game, and um, I saw these people surrounding him. I'm like, who? I'm looking. We were a little bit higher. Sean, Bra- Sean Groundy, my broadcast partner. Oh, wait, this was last season, right? Yeah. And, yeah, he, and, he was and, in uh, yeah. the And I'm looking. I was like, damn, this, who is that? And I was like, all of a sudden, it, it, he opened, it opened up, and I'm like, oh, that's Bill Clinton. So me, as usual, I, I walked down there, just walked through past security, walk up to him. I'm like, uh, Mr. President, I just want to introduce myself, Cedric Maxwell. I played with the Celtics. Oh! Man, we, oh, we, I cheered for oh. you guys. Yeah, I cheered for you guys when you, when I, you know, when I was a president. I loved your team, you know. And then he says, so now that the embarrassing point wasn't that, but then I, I have my camera and I said, uh, Mr. President, do you mind if I take a picture? He's like, sure. So there was a guy standing right beside me, and I said, I turned to him. I said, Hey, you mind taking this picture? He looked at me, said, No. I'm like, no. <laughs> I was taken back, like, what? And then finally it clicked my mind. I said, 
Secret Service? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. so that yeah, was that yeah, that was that was an embarrassing moment. The president, the ex president of the United States, where the guy shot, you know, while the, while the <laughs> Secret Service guy was said, taking the picture with me with the, with my camera. So uh, that that's just a, it was a, a funny funny thing. <laughs> yeah, man. The only things I can think of is like middle school stories, like little stuff like that that I embarrass myself in, in the sense of like you feel completely embarrassed because you know it's school and the mm-hmm. whole at that mm-hmm. time it means everything your your image and people laughing at you and clowning you man I remember one time um, it was actually my brother was going to bring me to a, a, a basketball game I've been begging him to bring me to a, to a Needham basketball game I went to school in Needham and I was in middle school. He finally agreed to do it. So I get off the bus. I'm in the high school. You know, I'm thinking I'm all cool, whatever. I'm, a, I'm only in sixth grade. I run up these steps. And the way it was lined up was it was all these buses was at the back of the school. And all the buses would line up. And all the kids would be either outside chilling or they'd be on the bus. Everyone's just hanging out. So I go all the way up there. All these steps. It's probably like 20 steps to get all the way to the very top. I see my brother. I'm like, yo, let's go. Let's go. Let's go play the game. He's like, all right, relax. You know, the game's not until like a couple hours away. We're going to hang out. Let's let's make our way back down. I don't know why you came all the way back up here. Whatever. Let's let's go down. It's like, all right, cool. Max, I took about a step. One step. I'm going to the second step, and man, I fell. I fell the funny way, man. Feet in the air, ass just straight down the steps, and I'm just going straight down. Exactly. Max, every single step. Every single step. I think I hit it all the way down. Kids are laughing. My brother Joel is running down. Every five or six steps, he's trying to grab my hand. I'm slipping right out. Boom, boom, boom. All the way down. Kids are dying laughing, man. And this is a Nita, right? Which is, I was I was a Mecco kid. So this is a predominantly white school. Although the, the, the kids are outside laughing at me, whatever, just like kind of like pointing and laughing. But then the Mecco bus, all the kids on the Mecco bus can see it, man. Windows come down. They're just dying laughing. Josue, you dumb mother. They're saying all kinds of funny, you know what I mean? So then yeah, everyone's laughing. Because the commentary, like, yo, look at Joe Sway, yo. Man, yo, I heard about this for weeks, Max. Man, I'm talking about people coming up to me in school being like, yo, yeah, that kid that fell, right? Because it's like, I'm like one of like two Latinos in the whole entire school. So, like, oh, yeah, you're the kid that, that fell in front of everyone, man. I heard about that for weeks, for months. I was I was the kid that, that, that busted his ass in front of everybody. So, that's the one thing I could think of. Another one I could think of was um, I was in fifth grade. And I was supposed to get my haircut. My dad's probably gonna give me a hard time if he hears this. But I was supposed to get my haircut, and my dad kept putting it off, and I was getting pissed. I was like, "Man, I need to cut my damn hair." So, man, I get into the, I get in front of a mirror, and I decide, you know what, I'm gonna cut this thing. Myself. Ooh, bad mistake, <laughs> man. I start giving myself a haircut, <laughs> and the front wasn't too bad. Obviously, I wasn't gonna perfect it the way the barber would, but I just wanted to get it down. Because, man, this hair right here, when it gets long, it gets curly, it gets all, like, a little afro. I wanted to get rid of that. So I got I got rid of the front. The front wasn't too bad. And then I just started snipping away at the back. Snipping away. Snip, snip, snip. This is just, you know, a weekend, Sunday night. No one knew about this. Max, I went to school the next day. Actually, you know, I get on, I get to the, to, to the bus stop and my dad's with me. I took my hood off because it was the middle of the winter. <laughs> my dad it's just lumps in my head. My dad goes, Man, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> oh my god. I go, What do you mean? He goes, Look at your head right now. I look in the mirror, I turn to the side, and there's just clumps of my hair missing here left and right. He goes, Who did that to you? I go, Me? He goes, Why? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is the deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why would you ever do this to yourself? Because you didn't take me to the barbershop. Oh, man. My dad was upset and guilty at the same exact time. He was just like, boy, what is wrong with you? Like, man, I will take you next weekend. You didn't have to do this. My dad did the same thing to me. Well, he did. <laughs> he go was, to school like that, man. He wasn't a barber, but he just started, you know, he decided when I was maybe about <laughs> six years old, he was just going to, you know, try to cut my hair. And he was, he did it with scissors. <laughs> And man, he was getting chunks of my skin, and I'm jumping and screaming, just screaming and yelling, man. I had all these spots in my head, man. You didn't oh my God, no, it was just scissors. You didn't make him stop halfway through? No, I, my dad was in the Marines. He was a Marines uh, gunny sergeant. He just did what he wanted to do. So by the time he finished, he just man. Gave you a baldy. Oh, it would, it would have been better, but by the time he finished, man, and then. We none of you, very few of you would know about this, but there was a thing back in the day, and it was called Vitalis, which was really for white people's hair. It wasn't for black people's hair. Right. Essentially, it wasn't nothing but them rubbing alcohol. <laughs> so he puts it on my head after he gets through cutting it. And all them nicks and all that. <laughs> Dude, like somebody had put a damn flamethrower on the top of my head. <laughs> I was the human human <laughs> torch. I was the human torch. Oh my God! Flame on! <laughs> my head was on fire. Oh my God! Tears coming down my eyes, oh, man. Dude. I was like six years old. <laughs> six years old. That was the worst. Some of the worst pain I think I'd ever experienced. But man, because he just got that vitality and wasn't nothing but. Just pure. It wasn't essentially what number alcohol, and you put the alcohol on a, a a wound. You know how that feels. Yeah. You put it on the wound, how it yeah. burns, and you and you you want to you want to blow it or something like that. It yeah. just gets hotter. Yeah. No, I had I had maybe twenty or thirty nicks on top of my head, <laughs> and when he put that, oh my god, it was like oh, it, it, it was essentially it was it was like somebody around a, a campfire, and you just. You know, put some flame in there and just go. My oh my god, that was the worst pain. So yeah, that would be my story right there with with a haircut. Because then the next weekend we went to the uh, military base and I got a haircut there. It took the guy five minutes. I was like, oh my god, it was no burn. I was oh my god, but I, mm. that was a change of life. Yeah, that was that was the change of life moment right there. <laughs> Going to a military military experience compared to having my father cut it, it was horrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, stuff like that is a lot more embarrassing when you're a kid because you just it's all about perception, how you perceive. Well, I did that. I did the same thing you're saying. I did that uh, my year with the Clippers. Uh, you gave yourself a haircut. Yeah, trying to. I was trying to trim it down a little bit. We were on a road trip, extended road trip in Atlanta, and Mike Woodson, who you know, became a coach of, mm-hmm. of the. Uh, Clippers and then became a coach with the Knicks. Uh, he was one of my um, teammates at the time, and he had had the Clippers. And man, I went and took clipping and doing exactly what you said. I eased the front down, lined it up a little bit, 
And then I said, I'm going to get a little bit bolder and try to, you know, take See, some that, there. That's where you messed up. Oh, that's what happened to me. I should have just left it the way it was. Oh, my I'm like, oh, God. this is easy. Let me keep going. Then this I is... just had these streaks in my head. Yeah. And I finally had to go to him. I said, man, would you, uh, you, he just, he just, when I went to his room, he just bust out laughing. <laughs> I said, dude. You need to help me. And yeah, I got clowned for weeks, man. Yeah. At school, everyone's saying he just, he just cut it all off. I had a, I had a bald head that day. I had that was a, and that was really before balls were in. So I just had a bald head. My <laughs> hair grew back quick, you know. But it was still just the fact that at uh, I don't know. I was must have been thirty one years old when I tried to cut my hair, you know, by my damn self. <laughs> Leave that to the professionals. <laughs> yeah, never again. Never again. Yeah. I think I've had probably. Three or four different barbers my entire life. Mm. Like that, those are my go-to. You pick a guy, yeah. he does it right, and that's it. That's, that's you, it. It's a, it's a commitment. You know, you don't. Mess you do, with you do. I had, I had a guy though actually that nicked me with some scissors on my, uh, under my chin, and uh, gashed it up, and it was bleeding yeah. like a. Yeah, everybody at the barber shop like, whoa, yeah, that's, whoa. That's, all the barbers like, that's whoa, like his, that's yeah, a barber's nightmare. Yeah, because right I'm like, then I'm like, ah. <laughs> everybody like what they looked at me and he said oh wait a minute I got it man and, oh man blood tripping oh my god and as I'm backing out I'm looking in the mirror all of them looking at me it was mm. so yeah barbers can be if you don't get the right one at the right time and and that time that was one of them that was actually in Boston back in the day and it was called uh, Talk of the Town oh okay and it was over there on um Gosh, what was that? Humble, I think it was on Humble Air, probably. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what about that time when you ran into something? <laughs> so before we started recording, Max was telling me a story about when someone was trying to sell you a TV. What oh, about that story? <laughs> yeah, that was my... We'll wrap up with this one. Yeah, this. <laughs> that, that, that was my first day. <laughs> one of my first times in Boston by myself, I'd come up. Signed, you know, signed my contract. So they have us. They had us at that time living in the. I was at the Parker House, the Omni Parker House, which is still there now, uh, right on Tremont, not far from where I live. And I was like, you know, I just want to walk to the city, and I want to, you know, see where the people of color. And yeah. I hadn't seen them because I went to the Boston Commons. I didn't see anybody yeah, of color at that time. Yeah. So I went. I came back down and went to Washington Street, and I saw these people of color. I was like, oh man, this is it's cool. There are black people in Boston. So I'm walking down the street, and this guy says, "Yo, Slim, Slim." I was like, "What's up?" He said, and I thought he recognized me. He said, "Me say, hey, yo, man, you want to buy a TV?" I'm like, no, nah, I don't want no TV, man. What you talking about? And he said, so the best got to me. And all of a sudden I said, yeah, what kind of TV, man? He said, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, uh, come with me, man. I work here at this appliance store, man. And uh, I can get you one of these TVs. You know, this is, again, trying to be corrupt. Little, you know, hood at me at that time. I get you one of these TVs out the back for real cheap, on the cheap, cheap. I said, okay. He said, what I'm going to do is we're going to walk to the store, and I'm going to walk in, and you stand on the outside, and when you see a TV that, uh, you know, that you like, I'll stop, I'll point to it, and uh, that'll be a TV I'll get you. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool, man, cool. <laughs> what year is this? This is like 1977. Yeah, 1977. And uh, so I pointed to a TV, He's like, yeah, this one? I was like, yeah. Nodded. He comes out. He said, pull your car back to the back. I'm like, okay. Yeah, cool. I'll pull it back there. 
And I said, they gave him like $150. I said, you need any help? He's like, no, 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 man. Just get back in, get back in. <laughs> Pop the trunk. I get in. He gets the box, lifts it, puts it in my trunk. I ride right up here, right here by the state house. And I said, I did not do that. Did <laughs> you knew you I something was not do that. Did not do it. <laughs> Went in, opened, the, opened my trunk up, lifted the box. The box just flew up in the air. There wasn't nothing but paper in it. And I learned a valuable lesson then about it. He didn't know, even put like, trying, no, like, so like no, bricks in it or something no, to try to make try, it. No, just being, me trying to be corrupt. And I found out that I'm not a, I'm not a good criminal. So from that day forth, I've... Uh, I've taken the uh, path of the, uh, the the righteous and, and, and done the right things. But back then, that was... Uh, <laughs> That's why he didn't need help. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was last call for alcohol. I'm thinking that I'm about to get out and say, yo, man, you need some help lifting the box. <laughs> oh, no, no, man, I'm good. Okay, <laughs> You're I'm good. good. You just get back in the car. <laughs> just give me, hand, that hand, give me that 150. Hand me that money and, you know, get back in the car. <laughs> yeah, the 150 is... That was uh, that was a lesson. That was a, a lesson. A lesson. Chick loved the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. <laughs>